Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their Angry Yowie Coffee Blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. To tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just un... Like, the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Riet, and Riet had a really interesting UFO encounter over in Cape Town of South Africa. Riet, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kay. Thank you for having me. Quite unexpected, but I'm very happy to share my stories with the, with the listeners. It's super cool to have you on. I always get excited when I hear about UFO encounters from, you know, other parts of the world because the the this phenomenon, as we all know, you know, it is a worldwide phenomenon. And your experiences were really quite interesting because you were quite close to the to the craft and your encounters actually happened back in 1994. So this was really before, I guess, the UFO craze got really big, you know, just as of recently. So I would love to hear more about this encounter. Are you able to take us back to 1994 and walk us through what happened? Sure, I'll be happy to do that. Um, just to say that this particular story also uh, popped up, uh, uh, you know, in other uh, times in my life, and I felt it was connected to those other two times, so I'll also talk about that. Um, so uh, for those of, of you who don't know the Cape Town area, it is it has beautiful mountains um, on the west and, and eastern sides, and then it's surrounded by the sea on the other, the ocean on the other side. So I was driving from Cape Town, to one of the um, satellite towns called Somerset West. And uh, if you drive uh, towards Somerset West, you have the, these beautiful mountains in your sight the whole time. 
and uh, at one stage i left the main road to go on a on a side road uh, to reach my a particular destination and while i was on this side road i heard a, a growling noise almost uh, i can't describe it anything else than growling um it didn't sound like a jet or a plane or anything like that it was more like a very low growling voice and i couldn't figure out switched off my radio because that was on and i thought uh maybe it's coming from the radio switched it off and then the sound got louder and louder and louder and this was broad daylight and an object flew from the cape town side right across my car at about i would say between 300 and 500 meters um up uh, uh right across my, my my car and it sped away towards the mountain area that i could see um to my side and um it it was really fast i i i know that the south african government probably don't have <laughs> I have this technology or oh, I don't think so and at that moment um it was just confusion at that at that moment but what I can remember from this craft it was a flat disc disc like um craft um but not completely round if I can describe it it it's more triangular shape but the the corners are sort of shaped it's 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 um more round round corners almost like a, a, the underside of a cone you know um and on the underside uh, of this uh vehicle or unidentified vehicle there were three huge big sharp lights and i could even see the lights um you know even in broad daylight i could see these lights and that's the most vivid uh memory i have of this craft is this moment when i saw the shape and the three lights and then it sped away within seconds it was it covered about well it was a fraction of a second it just covered miles you know to towards the the mountains that was so weird i i remember continuing um to my destination and saying to my friends you're not going to believe this but i saw the most the the weirdest thing i had this this experience and um they they were skeptical but they weren't they sort of believed me that i had the experience um yeah that that was the the experience in 191694 um so so later on i started thinking obviously i was i was rolling this around in my mind all all the time for the next few days i was thinking about what it could be i was looking up um test areas for the army near close by i couldn't find any um and then it i remember my my experience with my husband um in 1980 uh 5 1985 we were on a trip um we just started our trip from Cape Town 
and we were on a trip on our way to the Kruger National Park, which is about 1,500 kilometers away. So we, we were on a long trip. And we have just turned into a side road. It was getting dark. And we were turning into a side road close to, to uh, Cape Town. And all of a sudden, um, we saw these three bright lights um, up in the sky, but quite quite far away, but too bright to be um, a star, you know, or stars. And uh, on that road, there are no, um, you know, like uh, lights, street lights or anything like that. It's a rural road. Um, and I just pointed to these three lights and said to, to my husband, um, so what are those? And he says, no, it could be a plane. I said, but those are, are very weird. It's, it's, a plane doesn't have these three lights just sitting there, not moving. And as I was talking, these three lights came closer or it seemed to be, to come, to come closer because they got really big and it illuminated the whole area around the car for a second. Yeah, for a second or two, and then it just shot away into the into the sky and just became a, a part of the stars that, that that we could see in that that rural area. Um, and I was thinking, you know, about these two experiences and whether those three lights that I always see is so it's a characteristic of the object that I see. I was wondering whether it could be the same type of object that I was seeing. Um, yeah, and uh, to just go a little bit, um, I'm going to jump in time. So it was about 2005, I think. We then lived in the Fish River Canyon in Namibia. It's the um, second largest canyon in the world. And we had a tourism lodge um, in that canyon area. And as you can think, the the nightlife is quite, quite exciting because the stars and the constellations, the Milky Way is very clear from those locations, which is about 200 kilometers away from the nearest town. There, there are no artificial lights that could, you know, just c come in the way of seeing literally every single star. We also, every night we counted hundreds of satellites moving over, over, um, our, our farm, um, doing probably their job of photo photographing all of us. Um, but, yeah, the life life in the canyon was full of surprises. But the, we used to go as a family. We used to go in the off season when we didn't have any um, guests. We would uh, travel down with our four by four into the onto the canyon floor, and we had a small campsite there. And um, with us this time were two German backpackers. They they arrived in off season, unannounced, and we said, "Yeah, you just come come along. We're gonna give you a nice experience in the canyon." We all went down there. It was me, my husband's three kids, and these two uh, German uh, backpackers. And we were at the campsite 
Um, during the day, the river was flowing at, at that stage. It was water and we could swim in the pools. Very, very beautiful um, in the fish of a canyon. And then it got uh, to evening time. We were preparing dinner and it's very hot in, in off season. It can get up to 48 degrees down in the canyon. So even at night, uh, it, it, it can be very uncomfortable. You, you, can't fall, seem to fall asleep because it's so hot. And we suggested to the group, let's go for a swim you know, at night. And uh, we went down to the river, plunged into the water, and um, we were sitting on the side. My son and I were sitting on the side um, and, and his father. And we saw these strange lights in, in the sky, not it, they, there were more than three lights, actually, um, and they were each, they were grouped in a specific formation, but they were moving individually in that formation. For a long time, we, we saw this, and we went back to the um, campsite where the, where the uh, German couple was, and they asked us the same question, did you see, well, what are these lights that we've seen? And we we have never had any explanation for that. Um, just remembering this is 200 kilometers from the nearest um, civilization or a town or anything. And uh, yeah, that was that was also quite a, uh, a weird experience, which couldn't be explained at all. Yeah, so those were the, the were the three encounters that I had with with sort of unexplained um, objects in the sky. Um, I, I, I do remember that I, I didn't feel, uh, shocked or afraid or anything. It was just, it, it, it was an experience that left, left me speechless and thinking about the possibilities, thinking about, okay, if, if I'm seeing this and I'm not crazy, um, what else could be, could be lurking around? You know, what, how could we ex explain what we see? We, um, it's not always possible. What I really like about your encounters here, Riet, is that you have shared a majority of them with other people. So it would be a, a really, really great feeling because, you know, you have that, that other person to, to bounce off and go, you're seeing what I'm seeing, right? I'm, I'm not imagining that this light is doing what I'm seeing. Yes. Yes, exactly. That, um, uh, except for the, for the first encounter with that, um, disc like, uh, uh, vehicle that sort of flew over my car there, I, I was alone. But for the others, I was, I was with people that I know. I was with my family. And in this one case, we were with our guests. And yeah, so it, it was quite, um, it was quite nice to be able to verify what you are seeing and that uh, because you, you can easily just discard it and say, ah, it was, it was my imagination or something like that. But the fact that other people and strangers have, have verified this is, is quite, quite unique for me and quite satisfying for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, that first encounter that you had, and, and I'd love to ask you some, some questions about it, if that's okay, because, the the first one you had is it's quite a 
a unique UFO encounter because a majority of people that I would interview would say that the the craft they see are, you know, practically silent. Um, you know, they hear no noise. They hear no kind of, um, I guess, physical interaction with the with the craft. But what I really like about your encounter is that you heard and, and felt like that, that rumbling sound going on to the point where you turned everything else in the car down, like the, the, the radio, the music and all of that, so you could hear it more. That's a, that's a really fascinating part to that, to that story. And the fact that you got to see it so close, I think that is just terrific. Was there anything about that craft that you noticed apart from the, the three large lights underneath it? No, it, it was moving too fast, uh, Craig, and, and you're right. I think the, that growling sound, almost like an animal, like a growling animal, That that's the first thing I heard. I didn't see the craft before before I, I heard the, the sound. Um, but there was nothing else that I could, in those seconds that I have seen it, that I could identify as being unique or or anything else it was just a shape which was not a round shape it was like a triangle but with uh these almost these um tapered off corners and then the three lights on each of these these corners that's what i that's the most vivid memory i have of that um and then the fact that it was moving at speeds that i know uh, I've never seen something move at at those speeds. I've I've never seen it. And in those years, I didn't I didn't have a cell phone, so I didn't quickly <laughs> take a picture or anything <laughs> like that. It was not possible. Yeah, the the nineties yeah. are very unforgiving to fantastic encounters like that. It's um yes. it, it's a real shame. But I have to ask, like, what made you look up into the sky to to see this, or was this something that kind of just entered your peripheral vision and you noticed it there? No. Uh, I, when I heard the sound, I turned off the, the radio. I was alone on the road. And I was worried that it was coming from my vehicle, you know, that, so that I, you know, I, I don't, don't want to be stuck alone on a rural road in my vehicle. And when I realized, okay, it's not coming from the car. It's not coming from uh, the radio. I looked up and I saw this, this, um, uh, craft approaching. So I just want to tell you that the sound was deafening. It wasn't just uh, like it, it, it was more, if, if you would stand close to a, um, a, a 707 Boeing and it was in like, it was, it was about to take off. It was louder than that. Wow. Really? Yeah, it almost hurt my ears, and um, it, it was it was to to that extent that that um, the, the decibels was definitely beyond any any uh, you know normal uh, airplane that I've encountered. So that was also something that I do remember, and that's why it stuck with me for so long because what could, can make such a loud noise and have that specific form and the three lights is just so confusing. I, 
uh, I, to, to this day, I'm, I'm racking my brain and I'm sometimes when I have spare time, I would search on the internet for other people having exactly the same encounter or describing more or less what, what I've seen, you know, just to verify that um, other people have also seen this. Yeah, that's that really is a very unique set of parameters to these this encounter because I've spoken to so many people who have had UFO encounters and you know some some might say they hear a little sound but not a deafening sound that really would have been a bit of a sensory overload and kind of I would imagine there would have been almost a sense of panic of like what is going on here. I, I remember, as I've said, I remember I wasn't afraid, but. Uh, the, the sound definitely made me grab my ears, you know, to cover them. It, it was an instinctive, um, action, um, because it was just too much and it was already, um, uh, it was already too loud, uh, um, from far away. So imagine when it crossed over, you know, my car, it, it was the car, the car, uh, windows were rattling. It was, Everything was, and even my, my body, I could feel it in my body. There were vibrations that I could feel. So it was, it was really weird. <laughs> how, how long do you think that whole encounter lasted? Because it, from, from my understanding, it almost sounds like it, did it slow down when it went over you? Or was it just this constant speed the entire time? Um, you know, I, Ask myself that question quite often because um, the fact that I remember the shape meant that at some point my eyes had to fix on this uh, craft and that I could clearly make out the shape. But if it was moving too fast, then I wouldn't be able to make out the shape. So I guess my best guess is that it, it might have moved at different speeds. Um, but when it left the area where my car was, um, from there to the mountains, I remember turning my head and it was gone in a split second. It, it was, it was too fast. It was just so fast. Just instant acceleration. Yes. How does that make you feel thinking that this thing slowed down for you? I don't know if it slowed up for me. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what you know exactly the the motive would be, and if it if it was in fact um, you know fixed on on my particular uh, position because there were other cars on the road, and I often thought, um, you, you know. That, that is quite a long rural road. So I'm not alone on that road. I was alone on that location, but there could be other cars there. So from high up that whoever was, you know, steering that craft, they would probably be able to see more, more vehicles. I often thought, why then, why then was I the only one that reported this? Because I did look into, um, later on into websites and, um, you know, other, I listened to the radio back then and they were in South Africa, they were actually, um, radio stations that reported this, this kind of thing. And I heard nothing. I was the only one who talked about it, um, according to me. 
Uh, so I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if it if it slowed down specifically just for me. But all all I know is I I got a good a good look at the shape and those lights for for uh, a long enough time for me to remember it clearly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a fascinating aspect of the encounter because, it, in my mind, the it it sounds like it slows down for you to, I don't know, get a look at it. Maybe maybe it was a, a thing that, I guess the the thing that I'm trying to to kind of get to is it, it almost sounds like it was piloted to to do such a maneuver. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Uh, it could be, it could, could well be. Uh, I don't want to speculate about that. Um, but yeah, I can only tell what I saw. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to, uh, to tell the story as truthfully as I remember it, because uh, it was also a long time ago. Yeah, no, uh, and, and I, yeah. I, I, t- I absolutely appreciate it. It's, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic in, encounter here. But I do have some questions about that first one you had back in uh, 1986, the the one that you had with your your husband. Yes. What was the reaction when these lights came in so close that they actually started to illuminate the the car? Look, look in, in the 80s, there were already talks about um, UFOs and there were already uh, some of these older movies already would uh, display some of these uh, crafts. So, yes, but in, in the 80s, UFOs were pretty much something uh, that certainly my uh, community didn't believe in. We joked about it, but we we didn't believe in it. Uh, we would often say if we saw an unidentified star, we would say, ah, it's a UFO, they're watching us, but in a, in a, in a joke, you know. Um, so when we saw those lights, uh, it, it's the first reaction is a little bit of disbelief. And you want to sort of um, justify it, just say it could be a star, it could be a plane, it could be anything that you can talk, that you can grab at that would not be um, an unexplained object. So in the 80s, it was very different. People just, at least here in Cape Town, we didn't believe in, in, in any type of UFO. And certainly because the internet wasn't as widely available then as it is now, it was not, uh, we were not aware of any reports about that. Um, so the information about UFOs were also very limited. So yeah, the, my first, I saw it first and my first reaction was to point and ask my, my husband, um, do you see those 
lights, but those are three lights. It can't be a plane. Planes usually have uh, like lights uh, on the on the tips of the wings, and they have lights at the back, and they're usually different colors. Um, and this is this is something completely different. And the fact that they moved in coordination, they it was a coordinated effort, um, made us think that it, it's coming from one craft, um, from one object, and the fact that that it could just lower itself within a split second from very high up and illuminate the whole area. Um, that was also a behavior that we have never, ever seen before. Um, and then just disappear into the, you know, shoot away into the stars and disappear amongst the stars. That's also very, um, a very unique experience, at, at least at the time it was for us. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was disbelief. I think the first reaction was definitely disbelief. And we talked about it on our uh, trip the whole time. It was, it was something we often referred back to. And we told other people we met on the trip about this experience. And of course, people were skeptical and not always engaging about that. <laughs> yeah. When the lights came down, did you hear any sound or was this kind of a, a silent movement? This was a silent one. We didn't hear any sounds and the lights were so sharp that we couldn't see uh, uh, the the shape of any craft. We just saw the lights. So there was no um, sound that I could remember that, that was coming from anywhere um, that could be related to the lights that we saw. And how would you describe the the speed that these things these lights shot off at? Was it was it something that you would relate to being man made or more so along the lines of the the UFO encounter that you had in nineteen ninety four where it was kind of just like instant acceleration to to the point of it being almost unmatched? You know, it it is definitely it was definitely unmatched, and the fact that it um, it 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 just shot away um, vertically. It wasn't going horizontally like this other craft that I saw in the nineties. It was going vertically, and and it disappeared into the into the you know night sky. That was also a behavior that we. As normal citizens, we we don't know of any crafts um, that could do that maneuver. That was man-made, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's such a an unnatural movement for anything kind of man-made, especially at speeds like that, because it's not like it's a, a helicopter one. You would have heard the the sound of a helicopter, and it wouldn't have had the acceleration of what the the lights appeared to have in this encounter. No, definitely not. Um, I uh, I do have a, a friend. She's now uh, deceased a um, few years, but she told me that she went uh, to uh, with a walk with with her husband, then husband, and their two little dogs. Uh, the usual nighttime walk, and she described exactly this same encounter that I had in 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 the eighties. She and, and described. The exact same encounter that she she 
and her husband also saw these three lights. It came close to them. It illuminated the area and just shot away. And she, she told me that after, after, um, the eighties, you know, I met her somewhere in the beginning of the nineties and she, she told me that this story without me telling my story and we could actually then compare notes and the behavior was exactly the same thing. Um, that was the only other person that I know that had that kind of experience. That's surreal. Like, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Did it happen in it, the it, same area? Um, no. Well, if you say same area, it's still, it's still Cape Town and surroundings. Um, hers, hers happened in Somerset West, which is coincidentally the same area uh, that I saw that, that, uh, uh, the first craft in the 90s hers, her experience was also in that same area um, uh, the, the experience in the 80s were a little bit farther off I would say about 40 kilometers to the east but you know in the same uh, Cape Town uh, peninsula area yeah, yeah. and you know for, for these craft that the, the speed that they move from what you described 40 kilometers would be nothing for these things no exactly exactly it felt it felt to me like i i was often thinking about if something is steering that craft their bodies must be adjusted to take that kind of speed because it must be doing something to a physical body it it can't have no effect um, like when when we um, go to these um, carnivals and we ride all these these rides and these fast um, you know uh, cars and these uh, what do they have at one of these carnivals here? It's like a it's like it's anything to do with speed. We we know what the effect on our bodies are just with that movement. So what? What it's fascinating that some if something is is driving that vehicle, what kind of of um, impact it must have on 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 a physical being? That's that just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that because it, it makes you think. You know, does that have to be a drone? Then is if there is occupants in there, are the occupants drones? Um, it's. Or is there a technology that kind of negates the 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 G force effects that these these crafts would be producing on whoever may be occupying the vehicles? No, exactly. And just you know, for us as just normal citizens, we we don't know what is being designed. We don't know what is being experimented with. Um, even if it is a man-made object, we wouldn't know. We we wouldn't know. And if it is not, then it just makes us think. It may, makes us question everything around us. Um, yeah, it's 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 difficult to to say uh, exactly what what we have seen and what we have experienced and put an explanation to that. It's so difficult because we we simply don't have the, the knowledge. It's something that I, I could imagine individuals like yourself who have had these types of encounters 
that the the question of always what if or what was that would just be almost a a curse because you'd you'd never really know the answer and and it would play on you and you know the the three encounters that you've had over you know the the last 30 plus years uh so so similar but you know so different it it, it would really play on your mind of wanting to know exactly what you've been experiencing yes um you know what i it, i think i think it depends on on your type of personality i'm the kind of person who can put something like that in a box and just talk about it every now and again as an a topic of interest but i don't i'm not going to spend my life energy <laughs> to try and explain it i have other things to do if if there are um you know if there are uh, life out there watching us or just observing earth and it's not from earth then so be it there's nothing i can do about that you know i can only truthfully tell what i've what i've seen and it makes for interesting conversation for people you know between people who are interested in in things like that but to try and fixate on that uh for the rest of your life i don't think that would be a very uh a very healthy decision (laughs) i agree with you i hear so many stories of people kind of just going down the rabbit hole after having experiences like your own of you know forever chasing the 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 truth of you know what they experience because one it's so unexplainable and and two it's kind of you know why did it happen to me you know like what makes me so special that i i got to see this but you you have a a really really level head and a, and you know like a a very zen under understanding basically about everything that's happened to you you just kind of you roll with it and you know, you, you don't overly speculate on it, which I think is great. Um, and the the fact that you're you're just willing to, you know, be happy that, you know, you, you essentially had these these encounters is probably the way to put it. It's I think it's I think it's a really refreshing take on on someone who's had these types of encounters in their life. Well, well thank you. I I think the best that I can hope for is actually to in future meet people who would then in conversation tell a story and I could relate to that and we can compare notes. That's the best I can can probably hope for. Over the over the thirty years, have you ever thought of going down and, and looking for more information? Like has the thought ever crossed your your mind? Uh, what I did was to put out stories on Reddit <laughs> and uh, see what comes back, you know, okay. see if other people, but I haven't had uh, quite the responses that I, um, uh, that I hoped for. And I didn't, uh, in fact, I don't have the account anymore. So I, I didn't explore it too much, but yeah, it's, uh, sometimes I would, sometimes I would uh, just, uh, Google something and uh, see if I can find similar similarities, but that would definitely not uh, make up, you know, a whole bunch of my time. I just uh, don't. I don't want to go 
down that that passage because it it can be very addictive. I, I believe it can be very addictive. Would you ever want to see the the same crafts ever again? I would love to see it again. I would love to see it again next time. I would love for them to stop and just <laughs> take a picture. <laughs> in in a perfect world, what would that perfect encounter look like for you then? I wouldn't mind uh, because I'm so fearless about this, probably naively so. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, stopping somewhere or encountering something like that again um, with other people so that I can verify and for us to get a, just to get a good look um, and to, you know, to, because all, all these experiences I've, I have, um, those that, that I have uh, read about and those that I have watched on, on video or in, in, listened to in podcasts, all of these encounters are almost very, they seem so vague and so as if it falls into like a gray area and you can never pinpoint and say, okay, it's, it's that, or it is like this, you know, or so I would like more clarity, (laughs) but yeah, I think that's just a human nature to, to want to have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a really great answer. And I think it's a super selfless answer as well. It's, it's it's an answer that I think a lot of people would would agree with you. Um, I, I I certainly do. I think it's something that would just if a perfect encounter for me would just be something that was explainable that we could find out more information on, and that that for me would would make the perfect encounter. You know, Kate. I often, if I think about this logically. As a human being, I, I'm always, I always think, why would these, if, if these are crossed from another planet or not from Earth, if it's not man-made, why would they always just run away from us or not make contact or, uh, you know, just hide? Why would that be? Because all the stories I hear is all, always from uh you know stories like mine where they just sped off into to the darkness and we don't get to know them why would they be doing that that's that's what i would like to know yeah yeah you and me both and probably every other person that's ever had a similar encounter to you because i don't know why they hide even if they are hiding it's it's just this great unknown and you know, I, I almost never want us to, to know what they are because I just love the fact that people get to have these super, super weird encounters with the unknown. And that's all it is. It's just this weird encounter that's never going to be explained. And that's a, a special moment and, and time in someone's life. And they just get to keep that memory forever. Yeah, I guess this is also what makes your your podcast very successfully, because the day that you would be able to sit down with an alien and interview them, then probably <laughs> that will be <laughs> it's quite a different podcast. Yeah, I think that's the end game, isn't it? There's there's no more no more point for me to to go out and talk to people if uh, 
if the end games come to me, I guess. <laughs> well, Rhea, it has been so fantastic talking to you tonight. It is you you you're kind of like a bit of a breath of fresh air when it comes to to UFO encounters and you know, I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, your day to to chat with me. Oh, that's a pleasure, uh, Kate. I have more stories, but we can maybe, if you want, cover it in another uh, podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal in UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.